expertise in Emmy-winning journalists from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, finally, Biden and his team do something against these Iranian proxy groups. But boy, is it too little, too late. And so far, we're not even really hearing that it was anything substantive. They also telegraphed they were going to do it. There are so many problems with this. And do you have any faith that this administration understands the complexity of what they're dealing with and what we are headed into. We're going to talk about that tonight on the Rita Cosby Show. Also, we're going to talk about the beatdown of the NYPD by that group of illegal migrants. It is despicable. Everybody's talking about it when you see that footage. And then today, Alvin Bragg decided to finally kind of reply. He, of course, is the soft on crime Manhattan DA. We also heard from Governor Hochul. And we're also getting word that about four of those guys, they believe that there was maybe 12 or more, but that at least four of the guys that they may be on a bus bound for California. Because guess what? They clearly didn't get the message. Remember, they gave the media the finger. They also were smiling gleefully and doing all those things. And now they're on the run, probably never to be seen again, like so many other of these illegal migrants. This case epitomizes just the arrogance and the audacity of these migrants. And also, what a joke New York judicial system is. So there's a lot to talk about there. Also, President Trump gets some good news for him legally. The case on election interference is being postponed indefinitely. And who knows what's going to happen next? There's a chance that, believe it or not, as we talked about Alvin Bragg, Alvin Bragg may be next up on deck, the Stormy Daniels case. So this, I think, is a win big time for President Trump because, of course, the election interference stuff could gotten messy. It's going to be a long case. They're waiting on presidential immunity. So they got a lot of layers to it. And Stormy Daniel case, to me, obviously is not as serious, is not as big of an allegation. Uh, and it's bogus like some of the other things that Bragg is doing. So that's a good news thing for President Trump, that he may not be bogged down uh, because they are trying to decide the presidential immunity issue. And also we're hearing that this week there will be Supreme Court oral arguments on whether or not to kick him off the ballot. That's from that Colorado case. So lots of stuff happening tonight. But, of course, everybody wondering, how is Iran going to now reply to this? And what else is to come? Just a few hours ago, President Biden did the strikes. This is the first round of retaliatory strikes coming after what we know uh, was just horrendous actions upon actions by Iranian proxies. And in fact, it was 166 different actions. I mean, how many more mother may I can you have? It was like, let's give him a pass after this. Let's give him a pass after this. And so far, what we have heard in the last few hours is that the U.S. launched a whole bunch of cruise missiles coming from B-1B bombers 
that were launched from a base in Texas. They had cruise missiles attached. They refueled in air. And then they hit targets in Syria and also in Iraq. Now, of course, we know they were telegraphing it, that they were going to do something after months of don't. We're not going to do anything. Uh, and also, Iran, here's my message to you, our big, strong message, don't, as if that was going to dissuade them. And Iran just kept doing it. And these Iranian proxies kept doing it. And so far, I'm not really hearing anything tonight that's going to cause Iran to stop doing it. If anything, it may just be inflaming things because they've looked so weak from the get-go. Appeasement breeds war. And that, to me, is a sad testament, but that's what happens in the Middle East. They only understand strength. And so far, this president has only conveyed weakness and appeasement and this sort of, well, you know, let's see what happens. All right, so now they killed three American soldiers. The remains were brought back to Dover Air Force Base today. And finally, President Biden decides, well, maybe I should do something. Again, I think little, too late, and I think his whole policy has created where we are now. That is a sad situation, and I have no faith in this administration that they're going to be able to thwart future attacks and maybe what is to come. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show on a very busy Friday night. Well, here is Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, who, again, uh, doesn't instill any sense of confidence. Uh, Yesterday, he finally came out because, remember, he'd been cooped up for a month. After his surgery, remember, he went MIA, didn't tell anybody, and he goes for surgery. And he's also in the ICU, and nobody even noticed he was in the ICU because they weren't taking any military action. So, I mean, there's so many problems with this. He comes out and apologizes yesterday. So if I'm Iran, I go, God, these guys are a bunch of suckers. He sounded feeble. He looked feeble. And today, it wasn't much better. He came out after these strikes occurred and... Does this give you any sense of confidence? Take a listen to this. We will call upon Iran to uh, to quit supplying the Houthis with uh, with these advanced conventional weapons that they've used <laughs> to attack ships in the in the Red Sea. Uh, we call upon you to quit. I mean, you are one of the mullahs over there in Iran, and you're saying these guys are letting us get away with everything. You're disrupting commercial shipping. And lots of other transit in the Gulf of Aden, the Red Sea. And then you got this defense secretary who's been MIA, who was apologizing yesterday, saying, oh, I'm so sorry. I guess I didn't handle it really well. And I didn't tell anybody I was going into the hospital. And I'm not resigning and I'm not firing anybody else. But trust us, we're really in control. And then you hear him saying that. I want to play that back again because it was just so lame and so pathetic. And again, you're dealing with really bad actors, and somehow this is going to deter you? This is what he said after what they said were these big brazen strikes today. Take a listen. We will call upon Iran to uh, to quit supplying the Houthis with, uh, with these advanced conventional weapons that they've used <laughs> to attack ships in the, in the Red Sea. We call upon the Houthis to quit. Please stop hitting us. I'm begging you. We sound despicable. We sound like a bunch of wusses. And then here he is a little bit more from the defense secretary. Does this give a sense of strength to any of you? We look to hold the people uh, that are responsible for this accountable. 
And we also look to make sure that uh, we continue to take away capability from them. That, to me, is so pathetic. So pathetic. They have yet to, like, bang their hands on the table and say, don't you touch the hair of an American. Uh, We're coming for you. You know, you better not do that. That's what they should have said months ago. Do you realize we're almost on the four-month anniversary of what happened with when Hamas came in and brutally assaulted Israel and murdered 1,200 people? That's what we're coming on the anniversary of that. And this is the best our defense secretary can do. If I'm Israel, I go, oh, God, we better hurry up and take out Hamas because U.S. is folding like a cheap suit. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Andrew on line one. Andrew, your thoughts about all this? Just real quick with Lloyd Austin. I remember when Trump was president and it was a general, I forget which one was with him. And it was about the border and the drug cartels crossing and bringing fentanyl. And the general was real bold. He said, if you cross our borders, illegally try to penetrate our borders with poison that'll kill our citizens, you'll feel the full might of the U.S. military upon you. And I was like, wow, you know, like it was like General Patton. So you're right, this was weak. But I like Biden's that he responded. But again, then he said they're not going to bomb inside Iran, you know, which is telegraphing their moves as usual. And didn't we give all that money, $150 billion in cash to Iran, who then probably provided those weapons to the proxy country. So aren't we just blowing up our own money? Like, isn't those things? Yeah. <laughs> you, you know what, Andrew? You hit some great points. You're right. And we still have not even really imposed full sanctions or anything on them. Remember all the pallets of cash Obama gave? Remember all the stuff that also Biden has done? All of these things have emboldened Iran and all the money that they're getting from oil proceeds that they're selling to China and elsewhere. There's no blocks on it. We're not doing any blocks. So guess what happens? That's how they are funding their war. And you're right. So we're paying for a lot of it. What a pathetic situation we're in. And we still have a president who doesn't seem to get it, doesn't seem to understand And you're right. He is just sort of like tiptoeing. And he did telegraph it. He's been saying, you know, for the last few weeks, well, you know, we'll do something. It's going to be at our time, our choosing. And it's like, how does that sound strong? And then they do this tonight. Pathetic. Pathetic. And is there anybody out there who actually thinks what happened tonight is going to dissuade Iran? If anything, it's going to embolden them. Because they didn't do anything that really hits Iran. They've telegraphed it. They've allowed 160. It's like if you allow like 166 strikes, which is what it is, I think it's 167 now, you allow that, you barely do anything back, and now you want Iran to think that you're what, you know, John Wayne coming in with guns blazing? And you certainly aren't by the reaction that we're hitting. They probably hit a whole bunch of empty parking lots and empty warehouses. I mean, this is a joke. Andrew, thanks so much. Let's go to Mike in South Carolina. Line four. Mike, your thoughts. Hello, Rita. Um, yeah, you, you said it best. You know, the last thing you want to do is, is telegraph anything. It's just going to, you know, embolden um, uh, Iran. And uh, the money they're making is from the oil. And so many weapons we left over there after uh, uh, Biden pulled out of Afghanistan are being used against us. And the money we've given, you know, 
And, oh, and the uh, defense secretary. Boy, doesn't he have um, – uh, he's like uh, an empty suit. That's what he is, an empty suit. He was MIA for almost a week and didn't get in touch with Biden. Oh, well, you know, I was this. Uh, I apologize and this and that. Hey, who's the next in command? Secretary of Defense. Who's the next? Nobody knows anything? Yeah, and you know what's, you know what's interesting, too, Mike? They didn't even care. I mean, that's the sad thing is that he's an ICU uh, totally out of commission uh, nobody seemed to care because nobody needed to reach him because they weren't doing anything. So it, it's how scary is that? Can you imagine if there was some something coming in from Iran towards the United States or something that crossed our border, something happening to our homeland? It would have been like and, and quite frankly, you know, I don't know if it's better that he's, uh, you know, MIA or active because it seems like either way, even when he's on the ball, does it give you any sense of strength? I mean, I mean, but he's again following whatever the Biden administration's lead is. But I don't hear anything in his voice that gives me any sense of conviction. Like, boy, we got to worry about this guy. Um, remember when um, Trump put in, and they had a falling out. But the guy's name was Mad Dog Mad- uh, Maddox. Remember, Mattis, Mad Dog Mattis was the guy's name who was the defense secretary. His name was Mad Dog because apparently when he was in the field, he was like a like a raving lunatic. And the kind of guy who was a warrior out there in the field. That's what you want. You don't want this guy who's like, it sounds like he's knitting sweaters. You know, I mean, Mike, does there anything when you hear this guy's voice, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin? Obviously, he just recovered from surgery and we certainly wish him well. But even before the surgery, he sounded like this. I mean, this is this is yeah, messaging matters, sending a message and had this administration sent a message of strength. Even before this, they might not have to even move one single cruise missile. They, you know, but they don't fear us. And quite frankly, our actions don't warrant it. Your thoughts, Mike? Exactly right. You know, uh, he's a jellyfish. I've said Joe Biden or O Biden. I like what that lady called a couple of weeks ago talking about Barack Obama. It should be O Biden because he's pulling the strings and whatever. It's, it's, um, you know, there's no sign of strength in their actions, their voice, the defense secretary. I, my, my jaw dropped when I was watching this guy, you know, with the press conference. Yeah. Did you notice, by the way, um, and Mike, thanks so much. You're terrific. Have a great weekend. But, you know, I noticed also when he was getting off the podium, they turned the lights off. It was in before he when he started walking. So he's obviously physically not doing well. And they were trying to hide that. You know, that was odd. I mean, it's odd timing, odd coincidence. They turn the lights off after he does his press conference yesterday's first one. He's clearly not doing well, but they didn't want that image of the defense secretary sort of hobbling off. And guess what? Uh, verbally, he's hobbling. So I don't know how you cover that one. 1-800-848-9222. And this is the Rita Cosby Show. We will continue your calls on this busy news night right after the break. The Rita Cosby Show. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at amfam.com.
Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. into another week and what a busy week thank you billy joel you can never go wrong with the little billy joel here on the rita cosby show by the way uh we're just also hearing that iranian press is reporting that all iranians had left all the sites that were bombed in syria and iraq that's again according to iranian press so you got to take it with a little bit of grain of salt but they're saying that per U.S. warnings over the last week, remember they said, oh, we're going to go after these sites. We're going to go hit some places. Um, probably logical. They assumed it would be these others. They had plenty of time to move things out. So why wouldn't they move things out? Uh, maybe we did hit a whole bunch of empty warehouses so far, which is what we've seen in the other ones, too. No surprise. Let's go to Norm. Line one. Norm, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. Um, The way I see it, whoever manufactured the drone bomb, that's where we should drop the missiles. Um, Bombing Syria and Iraq, I don't see how that's going to the crux of the matter, uh, getting to the crux of the matter. Also, uh, Iran's ally today, Joe Biden, in addition to bombing a non-target, is shafting the USA's strongest ally, Israel, by instituting sanctions on them. So, um you know, Norm, you, you hit it on the head. You're right. He's doing sanctions on Israeli settlements. Uh, what about going after Hamas, Mr. President? You're right. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity. And the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And this Back the Blue segment is sponsored by GoyaCares.com because you are a precious gift from God. Check out GoyaCares.com. They do so much. 
to help combat human trafficking and do so many other fabulous things. So do be sure to check it out. And this is a very powerful story from Brooklyn, New York. Two NYPD officers saved a man who fell onto subway tracks just seconds before the train rolled into the station. It happened a few days ago, and it was a very harrowing rescue. It happened at the Lafayette Avenue subway station in Brooklyn. A 36-year-old man suddenly suffered a medical episode, and he fell onto the southbound train tracks. NYPD released body footage. Body camera footage of the rescue shows that Officer Azarul Chowdhury and also Brian Caminero running down the platform to help save the man who was stuck on the tracks. You can hear one of the officers saying, give me your hand, quick, 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 give me your hand. At that very moment, the train's horn was blaring loudly as it neared the station. Just in the nick of time, Officer Caminero grabbed the man's hand and pulled him back onto the platform immediately out of harm's way. The man was then transported to a hospital and is expected to be okay. Wow, what a dramatic story. And thank goodness, uh, right before this incident occurred, the two officers happened to be conducting inspections at another train station, which was only a block and a half away. And they heard over the radio a man on the track And they rushed over. Thank goodness for our great men and women in blue. And, of course, we need to support the NYPD as much as possible as we have seen some of the horrible events of late, especially in Times Square with those illegal migrants. We're going to talk about that later on in the show. But you know how much we love our great men and women in blue. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And we are talking about the U.S. striking back at Iranian proxy targets. There are reports tonight that about 85 different targets were hit. But also we're hearing uh, that Iranian media is kind of laughing all the way to the bank. That's ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching with all the oil money they're making. But they are saying that these targets didn't have anything in it that they knew that they'd be hitting these targets. They were likely expected targets. And the U.S. has said, remember, after the strike, the drone strike, where they took out, sadly, and killed three Americans in Jordan, and the U.S. has been saying, well, we're going to do something, we're going to retaliate. Well, guess what? They had enough time to move everything. And especially if you know that these are some of the main locations, maybe it was a whole bunch of just empty warehouses, like the rest of the hits that the U.S. has done. So we'll find out. It'll be interesting to get a sort of after-action assessment, and we'll see if it's honest. But again, the Iranian media saying they were empty. We knew that they'd be coming for us. Um, you would imagine that they would know what locations were probably likely targets or maybe try to even do some activities to spur it on so they would see the kind of U.S. response. Who knows? Remember, Iran is driving this train, sadly, because you can tell they've been the ones leading the charge with all these proxy groups. They knew that the U.S. would have to do something after that drone strike that killed three service members and injured dozens more. So none of this to me is a surprise. We'll see where it goes. But here is Biden spokesman John Kirby, who has the difficult job every day of trying to defend the president's actions. And here he talks about all the attacks on U.S. troops. Listen to this. On the timing of this, you know, we saw the three troops unfortunately killed this week. Why are we waiting now to do something? Why, why was there no action before? But there were these increased attacks on U.S. troops in the Middle East. 
what's why are we doing action now as opposed to before? My goodness, there's been a lot of action. I mean, uh, the, uh, as the attacks have uh, have continued against our troops in Iraq and Syria, you have seen us uh, respond swiftly and appropriately. And as a matter of fact, um, uh, in previous uh, retaliatory strikes that we have taken, you've seen us go uh, uh, ever more after the IRG specifically and IRGC targets. Uh, boy, that really instills a sense of confidence, too. He's probably like, I can't believe I got to go out here and like try to defend this lack of a response. And earlier today on Cats and Cosby, we talked with Darren Gobb and John Katsimatidis and I were talking with him. He is a lieutenant colonel. He was a former Black Hawk, Black Hawk helicopter pilot and commander. And this is what the lieutenant colonel said. He basically said, we are so woefully short. We are so wimpy when it comes to Iran, and Iran is walking all over us. Listen to this. Oh, well, I think the, uh, the the line here that we can't cross is the boundaries of Iran, at least you know from a kinetic attack perspective, air, ground, whatever that may be. I'm all for destroying their economy again through harsh sanctions. we got to start with that, otherwise you're really not serious. Um, everything else is negotiable, I guess, when it comes to destroying the systems and support bases for all of these different groups around the Middle East. That's I, mean, I call that kind of like taking the pawns off the chessboard before you go after the bigger parts, and hopefully you never have to actually go there. So let's leave it at that for now. Um, and if we have the results we're hoping for by the targets that we're hitting that reduces the risk to our soldiers in the area, great. But my concern is that with the amount of you know, foreshadowing we've given them, the actions that we're taking, they've known it's coming. Uh, I know they've got another plan coming, and it remains to be seen what that looks like. I hope we haven't increased the risk to our forces in the region instead. So was this a good move or the fact we've been so wimpy and now doing this provoking Iran and we're not prepared to return the response because you can tell that the Biden administration already came out tonight and said, no, 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 we're not going to go into Iran. We don't want a war with Iran. We don't want this. We don't want that. Uh, what is Iran worried about? Nothing, nothing. And if they did indeed move everything out, uh, is that a success that we got some empty parking lots and empty warehouses? 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Tony in Clifton. Tony, your thoughts. Hey, Rita Cosby. Well, my thoughts tonight are very somber. I feel like this was a scramble. Um, it was a disgrace. I, I've had so many things in my mind as these things have been happening. But as we saw the MIA of Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin, he's been on my radar because he in that department has had um, spies from Iran and Senator Marshall Blackburn, as you know, uh, was working on knowing why this Ariane Tabatabai, who was in our Defense Department, was still there. And this was going on even as we got to the end of last year. I haven't been able to find out if this woman is still there. But this is very concerning to me because three of our military were in this outpost somewhere, our military who were killed. And they were in a very isolated spot, Rita. And it was uh, their job was to do the engineering. There was some electrical work, which is kind of bizarre. But that anyone even knew they were there, it was so it was so remote of an area. It concerns me when I know that my government 
uh, spies in their defense department. And these people who are in such a remote area were used as a pawn for something, and I'm not quite sure what. That's interesting. So, Tony, let me ask you, before you go forward, are you saying that you believe what maybe that, I mean, somebody's working against America within the State Department? You know, not only that woman, remember Robert Malley. Remember, that was the guy who was in the State Department there, too, for a long time. And then he was also part of the Iran deal trying to push, you know, uh, Biden and was also with uh, Kerry and Obama. I mean... You know, I, you know, if somebody had said that to me a couple of years ago, you go, what? But I hate to say it. Um, I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, you look at some of these people. They were planning a hunger out this week because the walkout, they knew they'd be fired. But there was word that they were going to have a protest, these sort of, you know, anti-Israeli but anti-Biden protests for people who work there. And there were supposed to be employees. Maybe it went through. It didn't get a lot of fanfare. Because they didn't walk off the job. They were doing a hunger strike or something because they knew that, again, they'd be fired. But it was within State Department and defense. I mean, if there's somebody there that is openly, publicly uh, against the administration and they're working in the defense and they're working in State Department. And apparently it was a whole bunch of them. It was hundreds of them. I mean, that's a real problem. you got a lot of rot. Your thoughts, Tony? So what I know is that. Um, Senator Marsha Blackburn, who sends me newsletters, sends me all the letters that she wrote on this woman in our Defense Department to, to Secretary of State Blinken, who's going back to the area. Uh, she sent the letter to Lloyd Austin, and she wasn't, she hasn't heard back. And I called her office for a response, but they didn't say anything. I do know it's very strange to me too that Lloyd Austin was missing in action. No one knew anything. Okay, but also that these. Things all kind of occurred in such a short time frame. And and the last piece of it that seems strange to me, Rita, is that, you know, one of the things I did when I worked was disability for people who went out. And for what he had and his condition and the meds that he's on, it seems very strange to me that this is being handled very carefully and that the Deputy Secretary of Defense was not involved because I question whether... In all the with all the drugs and medications he's taking, if he's really fit to do this, but for some reason they're making sure that his his power isn't you know isn't relieved. Right, that's to me. Yeah, and 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 quite frankly, I hate to say it, you know, if you if you look at the protocol, just even on the whole thing with Defense Secretary Austin, Tony, he would have fired somebody else who did what he did, and he essentially you know, conceded that because the press was hammering him yesterday in the press conference. And I think he should be fired. I think he should be, I think he should resign because it's such a break of protocol to not be there, not be present. And his apology was so lackluster. It was like, yeah, it wasn't really a good thing. I mean, I contend he wasn't good even before the surgery. Forget that, you know, I, he was, he was so wimpy even before the surgery, but I guess that's why he's the ideal defense secretary for Joe Biden. I mean, Joe Biden was on vacation at the time, and the guy was in the ICU, and then he comes back and says, oh, I guess it wasn't a good thing, and no, I'm not, you know, one message, I didn't pass this on, and I didn't pass that on, but okay, lessons learned. I mean, I mean, can you imagine? That's not the way the military works, and this guy knows it. He's been in the military for so many years, 
And I think his handling of this is despicable. And I think if Biden was any sort of commander in chief, he would have relieved him of his duties. There's no question uh, in my mind. Your thoughts real quick, Tony, on that. You know, Rita, I do think that this is orchestrated like everything else in the Biden administration. And the fact that we're doing these transfers, I saw earlier this morning when they were transferred to Dover Air Force Base, and then we're scrambling to do a strike after all this time. It's just really, it's very, it's very upsetting. It is. It is. And I'm not confident that they know what they're doing. I look at like Ukraine. I wonder, are we opening ourselves up to uh, like a Ukraine part two? Here And I mean that in the sense that he has still not delivered uh, the F-15s, remember, that they wanted them there in uh, Ukraine like over a year ago. And he's like, oh, he hemmed and hawed. Poland wanted to bring, you know, the, they were willing to put their MiGs in there and then get 15 F-15s in return, sort of an exchange. Oh, and then they put the kibosh on at the Biden administration. And here we are. It's still well over a year since they promised they'd finally give it to them. And Ukraine is hanging on, you know, with a thread and Biden still hasn't delivered it. I mean, it's like that's the way he handles wars. So this is the guy that you want to get even further entrenched in what's going on over there in the Middle East, where you've got so many bad actors and, and folks who are coming right for America in so many different ways. I mean, I have no faith in this administration that they can handle the complexities of what may lie ahead and their wimpiness leading up to this moment, just like he did with Ukraine. Remember the whole thing with Ukraine? Oh, if there's a minor incursion, well, then maybe we won't do anything. And then Russia goes in. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Just like Gomer Pyle, you know, surprise. You know, obviously it was going to happen. And same thing with the wimpiness here. Let's go to Robert in Philly. Line two, Robert, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. It's good to talk to you. you uh, before I get to before I get to my point, what Austin said reminds me a lot of that time when Obama said, "I told Russia to knock it off." Oh yes, remember that? Right? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, then they like, responded. Yeah, right. <laughs> they responded by going into the Crimea. Yep. Yep. He <laughs> okay, really told. Uh, he really told them, huh? Well, the Democrats <laughs> will never learn from history. But anyway, <gasps> I was thinking about something when it comes to all of this. Okay. There are big differences in the Middle East that I don't see, we don't seem to mention. Like most of the people there are Sunni and speak Arabic, but Iran and most of Iraq is primarily Persian. Shia. Yep, and they, Shia. Yeah, and they're Shia. Well, culturally Persian, religious Shia, right? And when unless there's somebody to unify them, like the Maronite Christians or the Jews, they tend to turn on each other, and it's been going back since you know 700. And I'm wondering if we can't play some kind of angle along that and that our better friend would be the Sunnis, who are the majority, and let that play out and see how the Shia handle that. I mean, because other than pulling back to Oops, I'm losing you, Robert. But but I heard what you said there that uh, try to, you know, kind of cause a schism, further schism, because they obviously, like you just said, they're sort of arch enemies. And often fighting each other, although sometimes the enemy of my enemy is my friend, you know. But I agree. There should be something that's done to sort of create a schism and to see what we can do to wipe out Iran. Because Iran has a lot of enemies in the Middle East, just like you said. Not everybody is, uh, you know, is on their side. And there's a lot of people who would love to see Iran taken out. And we should be doing something, as many things as we can, to try to make that happen. But we're not, this administration's not smart enough. 
that's the sad reality. It sadly is. And they have a track record to prove that. 1-800-848-9222. We'll continue your calls, everybody, after the break. It's the Rita Cosby Show. This is the Rita Cosby Show. show boy has it been a crazy week it's nice to hear some old music that we love and classic and something happy because boy is it crazy times in the world in the next hour here on the rita cosby show we're also going to talk about the beating that those nypd officers took in times square and some new updates on where the illegal migrants may be now And boy, does it just epitomize the breakdown in our judicial system. And I love it's like Abbott and Costello. All the different uh, politicos are like, ah, who's on first? Who's on second? Uh, No, no, no. Uh, Everything should be fine. Um, Bragg today, Alvin Bragg, the DA in New York, his explanation as to why these guys were put back out on the streets with no bail was pathetic. So we're going to get into that and a whole bunch more. one 800 848-9222, And we are also talking, of course, about the strikes that now the U.S. has launched against Iranian proxy targets in Syria and Iraq. Also word that they notified Iraq ahead of time and said, we're going to be coming in. Uh, remember, Iraq is also that prime minister there in Iraq. Hasn't been too nice to Americans of late. He's been saying, maybe it's time for them to get out of our country. I'm so glad we went in there and tried to help them uh, because they don't seem to appreciate it. So I'm not sure that he also wouldn't have tipped off. He's not friends with Iran, that's for sure. But who knows who he may be friends with. That might pass the message on to some of these different groups. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Larry, line three. Larry, your thoughts. Good evening, Rita. I need a slice of uh, 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 Rodaldi's pizza. Yeah, by the way, it is the best. We had some earlier, and it was great. It is the best, Larry. I agree with you on that. What are your thoughts also real quick about what's going on overseas? I'm certainly well, Rita, you understand uh, these uh, these leaders in, in the Middle East are liars. If they're telling you that uh, they took all the people out of these targets, that's a lie. Well, now let's go down. I memory agree lane. with you. By the way, I agree with you, Larry. I, hey, Larry, do me a favor. Stick with us if you could. We're going to go uh, to the next hour. 
But I agree with you. Uh, I trust the Iranian media just like I would trust, uh, I don't know, the Syrian media, right? The Mullah media. I agree with you. But still, I wouldn't be surprised.